Welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves, Season 2, Episode 30. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. And I'm Paul LePage. And we've got producer Alex Patakis on the dials again. And, you know, one of our favorite things to do on this podcast is to highlight the growth of the pack by introducing a brand new guest. So, Brian Donnelly in Charlotte, North Carolina, welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves. How's it going? Great. Thank you guys for having me on. Really appreciate it. So, give us a little backstory on how your wolf support came to be. Well, it was really started in 2019, so pretty news fan, kind of like you, Josh. Um, yeah. I was kind of looking for a new a new hobby at the time. I was playing FIFA and said, you know, if I'm going to play FIFA in my spare time, I should probably figure out how like real soccer works. So, I started watching and watching some soccer, and I was getting more interested in it. After a while. I said, you know, it'd probably be easier to learn if I picked a team. After about 10 minutes on soccer Twitter, I discovered that that was not a nice place to be if you're investigating (laughs) a big six club. (laughs) Not not really friendly. Um, So, and it was a little tricky because I have friends with all the big clubs. I didn't really want to like snub one friend who's a Chelsea supporter by picking Arsenal or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I've always had a bit of a penchant for... um, for an underdog and up and comer. So I said, I want to go find an up and comer, something that's, you know, a new and interesting story outside of the outside of the big traditional clubs and kind of use that as an entry point, learn a little bit. And maybe when once I know, I know what I'm talking about, I'll foray into a bigger club. Uh, and then I saw, like, hey, who's this Wolves club? They came out of nowhere, seventh place in their first year up. This is crazy. I'll just go research that. I started pulling a little bit more, and then I saw a picture of Adama Traore. <laughs> <laughs> are we, are we like long lost brothers? Is that maybe? Because I could lie from a soccer yeah. point. It was like those '80s movies when the girl walks by in the mall and the guy's gonna pull their glasses down. I was like, whoa, <laughs> who is this guy? So after oh. that, I started getting into it, and now this got hooked really quick. I mean, that's that's very similar to mine. I, I got into Wolves because of playing FIFA in 2018, and Adama was the one that sealed the deal for me becoming a fan, even though he's gone now. That's okay. Yeah. I'm still sticking with Same Wolves. Here. Yeah, he was just such a unique talent. I've never seen... It was just like an alien. It was like, this, this yeah. does not seem to fit. <laughs> I don't understand. But it was just amazing. And then the more I started getting it like learning more about the club and learning more about the team and the guys everyone seems so likable on the team mm-hmm. and there, there were so many interesting characters and honestly it's a very welcoming community like the more i started like getting involved in it um you know starting to see meet people like talking to you guys on on facebook mm-hmm. and on twitter and it was just seemed like a really good fit and it's been a really fun ride so far yeah it's a cool little uh fraternity of Wolves fans online. I mean, there are definitely some that you still don't always want to look in the comments section (laughs) of of Twitter, uh, especially if it's Tim Spears, that can get a little ugly. But, um, you know, for the most part, I I just, I really enjoy the Twitter interactions that we, uh, that we have. Paul, you're going to see a reason why later today. (laughs) (laughs) Easily right in that one. So be scared. Be scared. All right. Well, if with the Domagon, who's your favorite player now? Ooh, I like a bunch of different guys for different reasons. Uh, probably Jose Sa, because he's a maniac. He is. 
he's awesome. <laughs> well, guys, started off great on Friday. 2-0 up, playing great. I don't know what happened with Francisco Trincao. Somebody else, like, showed up that day. It was awesome. The only negative thing you could say in the first half was Neves came out. Okay, that, that could be potentially dicey, but it didn't look that serious with him logging off. Um, and then the referee got involved, and it became a gigantic shit show after that. So, Paul, have at it. I'm going to actually start on that very topic and right from the get-go bring in a no stupid question from Chris Warsfold on Twitter. And he asks what possibly could have been in Kevin Friend's thoughts when deciding that it was a second yellow for Raul. As a referee myself, I know the injury to the players would have represented good thinking time. This was not an impulsive decision. And I wholeheartedly agree with that because immediately as you saw him going over there, he had the yellow card in his pocket that both the players were still down. He had his yellow card out. It was in his hand. It was ready to go. And it was, well, who's going to get booked? Is it the keeper or Raul? So he knew what he was doing. And we can bitch and moan about VAR all we want but if there was ever a time for the technology to be used in a practical way would have been that one i know they don't do it for two yellows they should do if it results in a player sending off because what we want to be watching is the best 11 on the pitch ideally we don't want any sendings off we want we want to keep that uh, keep 11 versus 11 in in all ways possible if we can for the entertainment of the game but for him to just have pre preconceived thoughts that that was going to happen just smacked to me. And I could have I could have told you up front, it's him, it's Mike Dean, it's these refs that we know way too well in terms of dominating the conversation after the game. When why is a referee dominating the conversation when it should be the two two teams? It's him, it's Dean, it's these others that walk around thinking they're God's gift. And it's not about them. And he was itching to do something all game. You could just tell. It was that type of niggly, bitty game. He wanted to put his mark on it. He wanted to be the name in the refereeing lights. And it was just a shit show. And that ruined it from from that point onwards as far as we go. But we could talk about refereeing all we like. But the calamity that was the defensive performance afterwards i don't know where the heck that came from um i know you just lauded him brian but what sar was doing just all over the shop crazy positioning and mm -hmm. just being coming up in really strange spots whether that had a knock-on effect to confidence in in the players in front of him whether size is banged to the head after uh that clash whether that resulted in anything because what he was doing for that clearance goodness only knows so we could talk we can we can moan about the referee and all we like but at two nil up against the team that's kicking around in the the lower um lower places of the league we should have at least closed it out just shut up shop and being able to hold out for a two goal lead um i think the, there's question marks over the players there's probably question marks over bruno because 
having those two wider players with no focal point, even a man down, that there was just no respite. There was no one chasing down, really. The ball wouldn't stick. If it was any a better time to stick Fabio on and just say, you've got to run, just keep on running when your ball's up. Just keep on going for it. Um, it'd have probably had to sacrifice, probably Trinko, who would have been a, a, a sub that played the perfect sub game that ha- had to be subbed again. And then uh, if Podence would have worn himself out later on, then that would have been a switch for another midfielder or maybe Wang in that situation. But we definitely needed that forward outlet. And it was probably a situation where that five at the back was a little detrimental, that when you're already in that setup. It's not like adding an extra man. You can't really go six at the back. So mm-hmm. you got five at the back and what's that going to do apart from defend? So if you're defending badly, then you're going to be, uh, you're going to come unstuck. So we were certainly undone by the man bun of Leeds. Yeah, I felt like this was one of the first games since he's left that Adama really would have made an impact on when they went a man down just because they did have that speed factor, even though he's not the target that a Fabio would be. And so not really a direct replacement for Raul, just having that speed back there may have pushed their midfield back just a little bit because they were balls to the wall. But I mean, Brian, it just seemed like uh, Paul mentioned Saiz's misplay. Bali had another one. Aitnery missed a header. What do you think was going on with the back five there? I don't know. As you said, maybe they just got rattled having lost all that momentum because only in the end of the first half, they were flying. They kind of felt like they could do no wrong. Um, I know Leeds is a really good pressing team and they move really fast and they push really hard all the time. So when you're down that extra man, it can quickly, instead of feeling like you're 10 on 11, we can feel like you're 10 on nine. And maybe add that with a little bit of a uh, little bit of tiredness. I don't know. Yeah. Cause normally these guys are all pretty short footed and it definitely felt like every time we made a mistake, it got capitalized on. And like, there mm-hmm. were times I ended up rewatching it on Sunday night just to see if I could find positives in the second half, honestly, cause I did not on mm-hmm. Friday night um, where it felt like, okay, you know, we're, we're training some confidence back. We're pushing it forward again. We're holding on to it a little better. And then someone, you know, Sice would mess up that one, or there was that someone would mess up and it would just come back for a really strong chance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether it's just bad luck, and, but sometimes you can mess up and you don't pay for it, which has happened before, but sometimes it, you mess up and you, you pay for it. And uh, it was a lot of uncharacteristic mistakes, which is, yeah. which is odd because like a lot, that's been the, the trademark of this year is that you don't do anything spectacularly well, but you, everything is very solid. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know, but yeah, it was a wild show back there. Yeah. And I think it can definitely be viewed as a lost opportunity because Wolves would have moved up to seventh after the Tottenham mm-hmm. Weston uh, game. So I, I, I think I'm still pretty confident in saying this is playing out to be an eighth place finish, Paul. Um, even though they're still right there, might be able to get seventh. Just looking at the schedule and everything, it kind of feels like they're almost there's there's the tier, the Europe tier, 
and you know the the mid table tier and the relegation tier and we're in a tier by ourselves we're like the wolves tier which is like not quite europe not quite mid table you don't know we're we're the forest gump that's what i'm gonna call it the forest gump tier life's <laughs> like a box of chocolate you know wolves are like a box of chocolates you never know what you're gonna get so i mean did sunday's results really make it a tougher loss for you paul yeah um based on the fact that we it was another game where we're running out of the number to play now and when when the remaining games that we've got have liverpool man city and chelsea within it you know you can question nine points straight away from those but then again typical walls there's a chance we could probably win one of those so you never know but I think what Sunday did for me was definitely put anything higher than seventh out of the equation now as flaky as Man United have been this this season and Tottenham I really can't see either of those teams now really falling off going by the wayside and, and dropping that deep to where we need them to be to, to get into that space so I think it's I think seven still in play uh, it's it's definitely a shootout between ourselves and West Ham I would have to go side by side in the in the running to compare fixtures and see who's got the got the best hand but I think it's those types of games on Friday night that you're expecting a win or certainly after that first half you were expecting a win that again momentum off the back of that win off the other two through on the bounce we'd have we'd have gone a long way to keeping that momentum and West Ham would have been the team that would be, be struggling and dropping down I pulled that running because I was thinking the same thing of it's a pretty dead on eighth because in order to get seventh obviously we'll have to get up ahead of West Ham and we have the same number of games in a pretty similar run-in it kind of looks like when need to basically beat everybody that's not a top four side to get to 60 points and let's see i had west ham at everton brentford burnley chelsea arsenal norwich man city brighton which is pretty similar run into us Mm -hmm. so they got they got a number of winnable games they caught a couple big sides there we're gonna have to win one more than they will so we're gonna need a little bit of help their form isn't great right now so if we can restabilize the ship, there's a chance, but I agree with you. It looks looking pretty pretty dead on eighth right now, which is still a I big mean, accomplishment. Yeah, it's going to boil down to not fucking up. <laughs> one, of these, <laughs> one of these games, like, I saw somebody yesterday that was like, you know, knowing us, we're going to, like, beat Man City and then lose to Norwich. And I said, yeah, I could uh, 100% see that. Absolutely. <laughs> we still have to play Burnley. So you mentioned Jose Saw heading into that game. I'm going to give you some stats here. This is um, both his ranking in the Premier League and in the top five leagues. So in save percentage heading into that game, he was at 84.1% save percentage. That's first in the Premier League and first in all of Europe in the top five leagues. Uh, Plus 10.7 post-shot expected goals, first and first. 27 crosses stopped, second in the Premier League, seventh in Europe top five leagues, and then saves 96, second in the Premier League, fourth in the top five leagues. It's really incredible. And and even though he had 
a rough game. And I, I think a lot of that did have to do with the center backs message. I mean, just how awesome has this season been, Brian? Oh, it's been amazing. I didn't, I didn't know really anything about the guy when he came over. I remember looking him up and saying, oh, yeah, Rui was really good. I liked really Rui a lot. He'd, he'd allow a soft goal now and again, but he was real solid. And I was like, oh, yeah, this, this guy will probably be, you know, mid-tier. Trying to think of a good comparable, like um, Guayeta. You know, not as good as, like, Emmy Martinez was kind of my anticipation. You know, mm-hmm. solid, not spectacular, right. yeah. but it's been a revelation. And um, as we were saying, Paul, you were mentioning earlier, this positioning was all off today. That's been the part I've been most impressed about is that like, it just, it's like watching uh, a really good defensive center fielder where like Kevin Kiermaier of the Tampa Bay Rays, he makes it look easy because he's always in the right spot. doesn't have to run very far because he's just in the right spot. And that's what saw has been doing. And that plus just being aggressive and jumping out and getting to the ball is making really fun to watch. Um, especially when he gets a little rowdy with the opposing players, like he did at that Palace game last time, where he just bowled <laughs> over. Um, oh, who did he bowl over? It wasn't Saha, was it? Eze? No, that was Brentford, yeah. I think. Brentford, yeah. sorry, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He, he likes his uh, little <laughs> niggle, which is good. So our buddy Andrew Smith from uh, Atlanta Wolves, he brought up this week... Um, saw potentially being sold off in this summer in the threat of that. Paul, do you think there's any threat of that? Because I think no. No. Um, I think EPL-wise, I can't really see a potential destination for him, really, with the the keepers that he's up against, who he could possibly be an upgrade on. So... I think we've we've got him locked down pretty good. I think he can be a mainstay for a good two or three years. How about you? Know you he's under Brian? contract. What was it? A four or a I five think, year? I think it was a four-year contract okay. when we signed him, twenty-eight or twenty-nine. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, into early thirties, which is still young enough for uh, a keeper, and then. Yeah, Lupin said he's still a baby at that age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I certainly hope not, because um, I think he's been really something to build on. But I, I could see if they really got blown away, I could see where it was, because that's been my one concern so far, is that he's been mm-hmm. so good, relatively out of nowhere, that you're like, what is his true level? Is he playing out of his skin now in his true level is, let's call it 75% of this? I don't know. Or has he just unlocked something and this is just, he's a superstar? I don't know. I think I think he is, but we've just got to be mindful that there's a, a bollock drop within there that he's liable <laughs> to do it every four or five games. It seemed really... It seemed really odd for Patricio to do it, but then he would let that one in in mm-hmm. on the near post every so often. I think with Saar, we've got to take the upgrade, but realise that potentially there's maybe one or two errors that probably over the course of the season, you're going to be on par with what Patricio was. But I think what he offers in addition makes up for that. So I, I can't, can't do anything but praise the the scouting to to see that he'd be a fit and the job that he's done since he's been here for sure. 
Well, now the topic that I think a lot of people have been looking forward to after Friday's game, Francisco Trincao, (laughs) otherwise known as Paul's man crush, little man crush. (laughs) So I'm going to do one new stupid question here from Noodle Hawk. Do y'all think that Trincao will start showing more potential now that he has a bit of confidence from the Leeds game? And if he does kick on, is there a possibility that the club does buy him? I think the confidence thing is really great there because you saw that. He came in, had the really great assist, and it was like suddenly uh, he flipped the switch. He had the great goal and then kept shooting and really almost had – he could have had another goal or two. Paul, that had to make you so excited, didn't it? (laughs) It was the unfortunate circumstance of Neves going off that – actually filled me with a little dread to begin with but then that negative turned into a positive in that the 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 two in the middle and the three up top was actually when we're looking more dangerous and maybe it was down to the opposition potentially playing at home but yeah something clicked with Trancao on on Friday night and it was looked like the player that Many of many of us thought was in there somewhere, but we've not just seen. And it had a little bit of everything. It had the assist, had the goal, had the long shot that hit the post. That and just just everything came together. It was just unfortunate that couldn't top it up, top off a performance like that with a win. But it's still a case that you know, is he going to do it on a cold Tuesday night in Burnley? I'm, I'm uh, even I'm on the fence uh, with that. I, I do think to, to Noodle Hawk's question, I think it's a done deal. And we always hear Large talking about the different characteristics of his wingers, that everyone's a little different. And I definitely see that with Trincao, that he's not like a Neto, he's not like a Pedence. He's got something different about him, whether it is a, as a forward in a three or there is a more inverted maybe central wide midfielder potentially there as well. I think it's a done deal based on um, he's got a different skill set that we've not really got. How about you, Brian? You think it's it's a done deal? Uh, I was probably going to say the opposite a little bit of the, unless this was a done deal from the get-go, which I kind of heard rumor that that was the case where it was, you know, air quotes option to buy with a strong, it was just going to happen. But yeah, I'm with you guys. You gotta see more. Gotta see it again and again and again. And so far, it's been what 60 amazing minutes. Maybe actually, that was a full <laughs> game of amazing minutes from him. But there's been so many where he just wasn't there. I I do think there's a real quality player in there. I'm just not sure he's at the level needed for this team in this spot right now. This was a, you know. A crystal palace where you have a little bit more leeway and a little bit more run to you know in that middle you know middle season game where it doesn't matter as much if you win but if you're really trying to push on for europe he could be a project where i he could turn into a real good player in three four years but i think we need someone who's a bit stronger now in my opinion i think i almost think that performance 
could be a catch-22 for him. Obviously, we saw the potential. Got us excited about him again. But at the same time, if he comes out and has a couple stinkers now, everybody's going to be pointing back to go, well, what happened here? Why Why is this, you know, somebody who's just fantastic one game and then awful some of the others? Because he has. He's been awful in several games leading up to this one. I think that's why it was so stunning. And honestly, that's why I was so bummed out more than anything, the result, because he deserved the win. He deserved to be the main talking point instead of us talking about the officials to start off. And, and it sucks. So yeah, I'll be curious. Um, we have another stupid question, which Paul, have I told you how much I really love our listeners? (laughs) I think how, how much they understand us, even though, you know, we've never met these people yet. They can, see intimately into our thoughts with some of these (laughs) so i'm gonna read this question and then i gotta share my screen with you here paul okay so this was from andrew barlow on twitter uh otherwise known as my new hero by the way okay so during the game when we're talking about trin cal and paul's man crush he said which actors should play paul and trin cal when they make a romantic comedy about their relationship (laughs) And at first, then we were like, well, we got to think of a name first. So he had come up with part of it. And I said, OK, well, what about romance with an option to buy? Well, maybe <laughs> I'm kind of thinking now maybe it should be romance with an option to buy. But um, later that night, Paul, Andrew sent me this. <laughs> and we're going to post this on Twitter. <laughs> it's a it's a movie poster with from the makers of Santa Lodge starring Paul <laughs> LePage and Trin Cow, romance with an option to buy. And it's Paul and Trin Cow there with a little the wolves logo is a little heart. They're holding it. Um, I it was it was incredible when I saw that. So number one, do we like do we like the title romance with an option to buy? I think what do you think, Brian? Romance with an option to buy. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I'm going to let Brian go first. Who would be the actors that would play uh, Trent Cow and Paul LePage? This would be hard. I can never think of actor. I can like see the face I want and Uh envision, but I'm just going to draw a blank. Uh, Colin Farrell with the goatee. Oh, Colin Farrell. Okay. For Trin Cal, uh, what about for Paul? Paul, I've heard you're very tall, so I'm trying <laughs> to think of a very tall actor. <laughs> um, oh, this could be a a good combo. Who is the guy that played the Russian boxer in Rocky Two? Got blonde <laughs> hair, super tall. Yes, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. There you yes. go. <laughs> And believe it or not, that's not the actual first time I've been likened to Tom. <laughs> I mean, there's there's worse guys. That, did yeah. you have an idea on who you wanted to play you, Paul? No, no, I was trying to uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. And when when you're just looking for that certain someone to try and put you in a good light, um, I was struggling. But what? Everyone always goes for me uh, and the height. And if I let my hair go curly, it's Will Ferrell. So <laughs> I <laughs> thought about Will I'd Ferrell. Keep it short then. Yeah. Trying to keep the Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> I, I almost went with Will Ferrell for that for those reasons. 
But the actor who I think is Paul is Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Six four. Give a shave. I think that's Paul. And then um, as far as Trin Cow, um, I'm gonna steal this from uh, Joe Two uh, from the Too Fast Too Forever podcast. He's been a guest on here several times. His favorite actor is Timothy Chalamet, and I think that is who Francisco Trincao is from Dune and everything. He's even got the hair. Like, I feel like that's that's the perfect thing. Uh, So, Andrew, and we'll post this. I'll get him. uh, I'll ask him to put it uh, as bromance with an option to buy. But just an incredible graphic. I mean, I can't wait for everybody to see this. So um, and what a fantastic question, too. (laughs) Paul, are you happy with that choice? I'll take it, yeah. I think we're, <laughs> we're, in, we're in a good spot. Definitely, now as that... I mentioned on Friday, definite potential for a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Would it be a Christmas movie? It's got to be like Tree yeah. Cow. You could just see him in a nice warm Christmas jumper and flecks <laughs> of snow on his hair and dashing down the wing and taking on these players in a, yeah, when Saturday comes with Sean bean type style yeah <laughs> i wonder who would be bruno lodge in that case i don't know i almost feel like i'm gonna have to like sit down and come up with the full cast, the cast in, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you play himself he's already yes. so handsome yeah absolutely and saw too i think both of them can play themselves <laughs> or saw would be seth rogan oh thank you I could see that happening. Yeah. That happening. The the beard's definitely a solid shape on it too. Yeah. Um, Paul, is there any word on Ruben Neves? I couldn't find anything. No, that's my only worry because these injuries this season, they've kept the severe ones under wraps for best part of the week. They've they've let the dust settle on the weekend games and then it's always been around the Tuesday or the Wednesday the following week saying, Well, what what's the latest? What's the news? So if he's pulled out the Portugal squad, then it's obviously something significant to take you out of that, that those um, games in the international break. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fearing the worst. I think it could be a uh, could be a chunk of time out that we're not seeing him for. I did hear or saw on Twitter that someone took a picture with him at the airport on his way to Portugal. So whether he's if you're flying, the they were saying on the, the Wolfspan cast, basically, the if you're flying, it's probably not horribly debilitating, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that means he's going to be in in with the Portugal side or not. Here's here's the real irony. So he's out of the Portugal squad, um, replaced by Vitinha. Vitana, <laughs> excuse me. Which... That that is the that is the ultimate little like twist right there, huh? That's what I was always thinking with this Trincao deal, that I often think that these loans are always with that uh, obligation to buy, and I was convinced that was going to be the case with uh, Vitinia, but that never happened for whatever reason. So um, he's having a phenomenal season, so who knows what happens in the future as far as he's concerned. I still don't know, though, with him if he's – built to handle the premier league i think we're definitely 
the more you stay in the leagues, and especially seeing what's the success that Adama's had as soon as he went to Spain, there are just two dramatic playing styles. And, I mean, that's that's been my criticism on Trin Cow as he gets pushed off the ball so easily as opposed to um, Spain and Portugal. So, I don't know. Obviously, I'd like to have him because it would be good depth, but I think at that price, I was okay with Wolves not getting him. Do you feel that way, Brian? Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I had. If it was similar to like the eight Nori money, which is what, 10 million, 10, 12 million pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go take a shot on him. And then if he plays half the time and then turns into a guy, great. And if he doesn't, well, you can probably still sum off for the same amount, but 25 is a lot, especially yeah. when we have other holes that we need to fill or we have other areas we need to add depth, as we're seeing if Neves is out for a while. Don't have any center mids, really. Just them. Just have Moutinho, Tendonker, and Kundal. Yeah. That's about it. They go in that formation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who who could have seen it coming? Yeah. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody. Nobody at all. Definitely not in January. Well, we did have some good news, though, with Tony Gomez agreeing to a new contract through 2027. Um, Paul, you think he's going to be that this kind of puts the nail in the coffin for Roman Saiz returning to Wolves next year? Personally, I think so. I think, again, that that's probably a done deal that Saiz is going somewhere in Europe and that will be his one final payday that we're looking at him in 31, 32, the money he could probably command with that type of move on a free versus the contract offer that will we'll, we'll provide. I think there'll be too much of a gap between the two in order for him to stay. And that's probably probably warranted to a certain extent if you can lock up the likes of Tote Gomez for five additional five years. At the moment, that's got a lot of parallels to uh, Max Kilman for me the way that he's come into the team and, and looked a really good fit right from the outset. So I, I think that is a nail for, for Saez's departure. But look at the positive, that's that's Toti Gomez that's been able to come in and contend and we could see him feature more at the end of the season. Yeah, especially too. So I'm thinking now, obviously Cody will stay. I'm thinking it's going to be Kilman, Toti Gomez and Mascara. Are the big guys? You think that's true, Brian? Yeah, we'd have Kilman, Mascara. Yeah, I think Bali's gone. I think I, I I think especially. I mean, he had a great first game back. He had a real stinker this last time. I I think he's gone. I think he's still going to play a part. Otherwise, we wouldn't have seen him at all. So um, you don't think we saw him just to kind of rebuild the value some? No, I think there's there's too much of a there's too much of a player within there that, not to cast him aside, I'd, I'd have thought that if he was going to be shown the door or ushered out of the uh, out the team to reclaim some funds, maybe it'd have featured on the bench. But for him to come back in and and start, I think there's um, I think there's life in Willie Bolly yet. I sure hope so, because he's he's been a really kid key piece to the growth of this team and he seems really well liked and respected seems like a real solid guy so i hope there is still something really in there do we know much about the status of mosquera and his injury i haven't heard anything he was on the u23s 
he was on the U23s game the other day. Yeah, he's, oh, played, that's good. he's played and he's been back in training, but I think that's one that they can they they can just let him carry on with that recovery and, and ease him back really gently, especially if Bolly's farther along and he's in mm-hmm. somewhat of a rotation with Kilman at the moment. I think that'll go even further now if this question marks over Sice's form that it could be a um it could be an opportunity to see some different combinations of that back uh, well certainly the two centre backs either side of Cody for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Also it looks like Marcel is departing. I don't think that's any big shock though. I mean we knew it was always gonna be a two year deal. Yeah, age, uh, profile, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. These reports tend to come out. If it's from the buy-in club that these deals have been locked up, that it goes to poker. I forgot what they call. But, yeah, that that Brazilian team. Um, and, yeah, you know, when you're 32, you're going to go home to your, your home country and have a decent contract for two or three years and finish your career that way. So it, it came in, it did a job. So mm-hmm. it one of those that uh, we say our fun farewells to. Yeah, especially now that we've seen Johnny do what he's done. I think next year we're definitely going to go in with Samato and Aitnery as the two starters, and then Johnny is just like the swing guy. Um, I still think um, Hoover's going to get loaned out, so maybe they'd get one other younger guy like a Giles or something and uh, bring him in. But, um. Another hot topic this week has again been Raul's future. It's like when everybody's reminded of all the good things Raul does for the team, then he misses a couple of shots and everybody's ready to run him out of town again. Paul, is this getting a little ridiculous and unfair towards him? I think so. Um, the play like Raul, it's more the, the sum of his parts and what he brings. So this... It's a different team, you know, it's a different style of play. And I think that gets overlooked a little when it's just focusing on him and his output and the opportunities that he's able to craft or capitalise on. It's a different way of playing to what we used to. So that factors into it. Um, And I'm I'm not even going to suggest that it's any type of his injury factoring into anything. I don't think that plays... Uh, a role that some people are saying that it does. I just think that it comes down to how how we set up the role that he has to do within the team now. Um, and that's reflected in that we, we've gone, I think we completely switched the, turn the tables on the opportunities we craft from crosses now, which used to be a lot, it's not anymore. So obviously that's going to impact so I think there's there's certainly life in Raul. I don't think he's got a lot of wear on the tires. He's gonna he's the type of forward that I think can play into his early early thirties, thirty two, thirty three, still put a still be a fulcrum for the, the forward line and still contribute. But I think it will be potentially interesting this summer if we are looking for potentially a striker and Bruno's talked about having someone that's of a different profile to both Raul and and Fabio. Who that is, who that profile, the particular profile is, how much that play is going to cost, I think that will have a bearing on on how significant a role Raul plays moving forward. 
How about you, Brian? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because he is such a focal point, has been for the last couple of years, that he just draws a lot of that magnetism uh, and a lot of that energy and people's energy, like on their focus, because he's the guy that scores the goals and has been uh, and could be and should be and hasn't quite looked the part. And because of that injury, it's very easy to point to something and say, oh, he's not the same. And having never been injured like that, yeah. I can never say that, you know, it, it can't not have any type of impact. I have, there's no way to know, but it does feel like he he's in a bit of an out of form is struggling to get it, to get the, the, I don't say the confidence, but the, you know, the right composition of a control and aggression back. Uh, and right now it does kind of feel like he's trying to compensate for form with intensity which is when it works is great but when it doesn't it just makes it a little flaily you know like he's like he's maybe trying a little too hard that's a Um, great i think that's a really great description there is he's overcoming form with intensity i like that that's that's a great I think that's a great summary of what's going on there. Anybody that thinks Raul is going to be gone, no. There's 0.0 chance. And I'll tell you one reason why. They're coming to the USA. You think they're coming over here for me (laughs) and Paul and Brian? No. (laughs) Listeners, you think they're coming over here for you? No. They're coming over here because Raul Jimenez is going to sell a boatload of tickets. And if there's no Raul Jimenez, they're not coming over here unless they suddenly like pull out uh, Pulisic out of nowhere, which isn't happening. I mean, this this is the main reason their their social media following in North America is five times what it is in England, and it's not because of you know as great as he is, uh, Connor Cody or Ruben Neves. No, it's because of Raul. <laughs> Raul is going to be at Wolves as long as he wants. Even if he's not a starter, he is way too important to that club off the field. Same thing on why they paid the money to get uh, Huang to make that permanent before anybody oh, yeah. jumped. It, it's, it's all part of marketing. And, and I feel like this is kind of the disconnect a little bit between fans in England and fans like us in the U.S., is for England, they can just focus on, they're going to watch their their club no matter what, right? They're going to sell the tickets no matter what. So for fans in England, they can focus exclusively on form and what they're doing on the pitch. Whereas to get the fans like us, to get, um, you know, to, to sell the tickets, to grow, in it, it's it's player-based, especially in, in the U.S., Oh yeah. Probably more than probably more than any nation but China, I would say. It's player based. That's a really good what? point. I mean, I've watched more Juve highlights and Barcelona highlights and Valencia highlights over the last year because of Weston McKinney, Yunus Musa, mm-hmm. Sergio Dest. Well, now I'm watching because of Adamas on Barca. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, look at us, Brian. What was a big reason why we became Wolves fans? Adama Traore. One guy. One guy, yeah. One guy. Let me tell you what. I mean, we live in Houston. Huge Mexican fan base. They root for Wolves because of Raul Jimenez. So don't don't think Raul's good. He's not going to get sold. 
unless somebody comes in and offers a hundred million, then maybe they consider it. But <laughs> honestly, he's worth that off the field for Wolves. And what do you think, Paul? I mean, you're from England. You can probably say if I'm crazy or not here. No, I see. Uh, I, I see both sides. I think that it was a very strategic and well thought out acquisition right from the get go. That he's the he was the perfect fulcrum for for that team. He's he was everything that you want in that central striker with either two players out wide either side of him or with a central partner down the middle. So I think it's I think we've got him till his contracts up or relatively close and then it's up to it'll be a final swan song somewhere, maybe MLS or maybe it'll back. Be MLS. Yeah, <laughs> just to 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 capitalize on on that for another three yeah, two good easily two, maybe three, even four years in, into his mid thirties at that point. So I, I don't see him going anywhere, but I would like to see that the uh the contingency plan for his predecessor to start bearing fruit if that's Fabio or if if that's going to be someone else this summer that Raul's still there is playing a role um and he, tr- he may transition more to uh, a squad player off the bench but uh, I think we're still going to see him for a good while. Yeah, and that's absolutely a, a a great point. Like, um, you know, having him come off the bench, not the end of the world, especially, you know, if Fabio starts to develop a little bit more. And I like going after and trying to find a different profile striker. I just know, don't think you're going to be selling Raul and using those funds. But then even more so if we do squeeze into a European spot and especially the the uh, conference league that it's not that category a type competition but it is still european football it is still a route into the next stage up of european competition which they're they're obviously aiming for they're obviously shooting for if we do have those extra games to contend with then you need to rely on your squad and you can you can explain to the likes of Raul, Fabio and A and other that you're going to be seeing plenty of minutes because we got these Thursday, Sunday games back again and you're going to be rotated. And I think players will buy into that knowing that they're going to get the minutes. So it's going to be important. Especially because that Europe conference still, it may not be as prestigious as Europa and obviously Champions League, but there's still some quality sides in there. Mm-hmm. As well as West Ham was playing Sevilla the other day, and there's still, I mean, what, who's still left? Feyenoord, their quality uh, side. Uh, oh, I was looking at the list earlier today. I can't remember who else was in there. Celtic still in it. So Celtic still? from okay. Scotland, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but they they were in and about it. So it, it's that caliber of that caliber of opponent. It may not be that top tier of league but you're probably going to be coming up against the champion of a european league at this stage so it's certainly mm-hmm. not walking the part to win it by any stretch yeah but if you're like a fabio level yeah. player and you're playing yeah. against celtic that's got to feel better than playing against you know you know i'm trying to think of like some of the like nottingham actually they might they're not that bad but you know some of the other championship sides from the fa cup yeah. Just yeah. to circle back for a quick second. So when Raul yeah. does move on to his next step, um, I think I know one thing that would he would look pretty nice in. <laughs> <laughs> Some Carolina blue. 
I'll be curious to see where he goes. I think um, don't rule out Houston now. Houston has shown oh, yeah. they have a new owner who just ditched out uh, $6.5 million a year for Hector Herrera starting this summer. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, he's now going to be the highest played Mexican player. And, that, and that's really where I get a lot of when I'm talking about Raul and his impact uh, off the pitch. I, I'm I'm getting a lot of that from Houston because Houston our, our our attendance has really struggled and it's because they haven't had a Mexican star to build around because that's the Mexicans they're gonna jump ship on Wolves whenever Raul leaves unless there's another one they I mean as player based as we are as a culture they're even more so they're gonna root hardcore for Wolves as long as he's there but when he's He's gone. He's gone. So just seeing the excitement in Houston now with Hector Herrera coming over and, and just seeing how the Mexican community has really just embraced that and really gotten excited. And that's why I look at Raul and look, Fosin is not dumb. They 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 have shown with all of their marketing. I mean, they had a Mexico jersey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where they even admitted it's not a Mexico jersey, but it's a Mexico jersey. Like mm-hmm. it is, it's it's great. It's great. I mean, it, it's really smart. So, um, yeah, I I like Raul. Raul's not going anywhere. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe uh, we'll have uh, in a few years when we're doing this podcast, Paul. We'll we'll have like betting odds as to where Raul's going to end up in the MLS. <laughs> Hopefully that's in five or six years. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's a while and um, a Champions League or two appearance later with Wolves. Well, Paul, do we have any more stupid questions this week? Yeah, we've got a few uh Due to sprinkle in, we've got a uh, reminder just for the listeners that this is the part of the show for you to get in touch, ask us anything they'd like that's Wolves related. We'll read it out and answer it during this portion of the show or sprinkle it throughout if it's relevant. You ask us on the socials, you can DM us or you can email them to hello at wholelotofwolves.com. So NAG or NAG on Twitter, he's got two. So his first question is, if the club has 50 million to spend on players, who would you sign on top of the current squad? And he assumes that Adama's gone and Trincao counts as part of the current squad. Brian, I I feel like you're a good enough listener to the show that you know who I'm going to say with part of that money. Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez, yes. Yes. (laughs) So I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) I yeah, thought you say Weston McKinney, honestly. Oh, no, either one. I'd yeah. take them both. I'd take them both, but uh, yeah, either one of them. It's interesting with this one because he actually writes players. So mm-hmm. 50 million for players. players. Yeah, but, yeah. but if, if it's 25 million, you've got to, you, you're, if it's 25 million for two, then that kind of brings down the market that you're, that you're shopping in. So. I think that that's a consideration, or do you lump it all on that one total out and out superstar, or, or are you more uh, you more coy with how it's spent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who's your guys, Brian? I mean, those 
to the ones you were that you would say are probably right, but they're pretty high on my list. I think we need a real strong center mid to pair with Neves. I love Moutinho and I hope he sticks around next year, but I, I can't imagine that he's me playing 38 games. They'll be 36 next year. So we, we need another strong guy in there. Um, trying to think of some good examples beyond Renato Sanchez, but he really fits the mold. Someone who can, who can control the ball going forward. Who's got some pace on him. You can play out in a wing if you need to would be a really strong play. Cause I think we need, I think we need some pace, honestly. Um, and pace that's not just at the wing because Neto and Podence are really fast, but I don't think anybody else is. <laughs> It's true. It's true. A couple things on Renato Sanchez. Number one, he's hurt again. Um, oh, no. <laughs> that's why he wasn't on the Portugal squad. Number two, there's rumors now. Rumors, in quotes. Um, his price tag could be dropping to 18 million euros because of the fact that his contract is now a year older. So, eh, kind of interesting. Um, West McKinney, what would you give up? Uh, this is always my question here, Brian. What would you give up for West McKinney? So oh, did uh, did I hear that you would give your your kidney? So it'd be my Weston kidney? McKidney. Uh-huh. <laughs> to have a real strong center mid that is American, <laughs> which would be a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, would you give up your the moment, Charlotte tickets? I would give up this thing because she's been driving me crazy. My cat's been trying to climb all over me the whole time we've been talking. <laughs> oh, that's. But I, I, I would not give up my cat. But for. <laughs> would you never go to a Charlotte FC game as long as they're there? If the Wolves could sign Weston McKinney, if it meant Wolves signing Weston McKinney. Ooh, I certainly wouldn't go to a Panthers game for that. Because they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might. Yeah. I, I would if they signed Weston McKinney and he was there for five or six years. Then yeah, I could probably. I might be willing to do that. But that's a pretty tough ask because it, it's been a lot of it fun. It is. But... It is. It is. See, I mean, we we need to get Jeff She listening to this, Paul, to realize how dedicated we are as fans. We're giving up <laughs> beards, kidneys, arms. <laughs> felines. felines yeah i mean danny last week said he'd give up his left arm and he's left-handed i thought that was incredible <laughs> uh paul who would you uh who would you spend the money on i'm going midfield and um based based on the likes of toti gomez coming through and the potential in mascara I think we're we could be we don't know yet, but I think we could we could be covered at the back and really for the the most part of this season, the defense has been pretty good. What we what we're missing is that cover in the midfield and that real um, that real midfielder who could com- complement Neves and and offer something a little different. Um, I don't know who that is. Um, what my what I would probably go towards is it's probably not going to happen now but say Leeds got relegated and Calvin Phillips is available oh, and man, I'd, put all, I'd, I'd spend all that 50 million on on Calvin Phillips because we, we probably wouldn't be in the final reckoning I think we could be there or thereabouts but if Filler are supposedly interested in then I don't see why that would rule us out so 
that would that would be my go-to that's a great answer that's a really mm-hmm. good answer now i'm gonna be up on twitter searching you know troopers. <laughs> <Old rumors. laughs> uh so uh nags second part to his question he says he's actually stuck in an american airport for a couple of hours on route back to the uk so what's one piece of duty free that a brit should pick up to take home is it so, different at different airports i thought the duty free was kind of the same everywhere it's just like well, liquor and yeah, toblerones pretty much i think what i i think what he's talking about is american products that you necessarily wouldn't find over in the uk yeah so i'm gonna say uh one of my favorites jack daniels whiskey mm. oh you can you can get jack daniels yeah. oh well never mind yeah <laughs> over there it's pretty common as well so you could you could get it in the in the duty-free part of the airport but i'd probably i'd probably go regional i'd say a nice bottle of uh barbecue sauce from texas Ooh. would would be uh something good to bring back um I, and i don't know maybe a if it's uh florida or that part of the world some nice cigars that maybe uh have a cuban influence or something like that that would be a good one but nudo would approve yeah <laughs> yeah um apart from that maybe uh little bottle of beer salt add some twang on to your uh, your beer when you get home to uh england that's not very uh hard well never seen really as far as uh english drinking goes so that would be do they soon. have corona beer and dosakis out there yeah they have they have corona it's yeah obviously it's an import and uh right. possibly seen as more of a summer drink but yeah yeah you can you can get a corona You've never put salt on a on a beer, Brian? No, no, I don't. You've never taken like a Corona or a Dos Equis and put a lime in it, and then, uh, or or when you get it on draft, uh, put the lime in it and then the salt around the rim. Lime, yes. Salt, no. Okay, yeah, so well. it's almost like a margarita type deal. So when wolves come to Houston, you know, now we know another thing that needs to be on the menu, Paul. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get you some. Uh... It's called Twang. We'll get you some Twang to try, Brian. I would love that. And the last one, it's uh, from Steve on Twitter. He's at Wolfie Photo. He asks us, should I tell my parents I'm adopted? (laughs) (laughs) I had to read that. I love our listeners. I really do. That's tremendous. My question is, my question is, would he tell them that because they're Wolves fans and he's he thinks they raised him wrong, or is he a Wolves fan and they're uh, the shit fans? Like, uh, I'm I'm curious. I feel like I need more details here. That's right. It's it's an interesting (laughs) one for sure. So I say yes, Steve, as long as you come back on and tell us what they said. (laughs) <laughs> hope what the answer isn't good or oh you found out yeah, yeah. <laughs> how did you know uh-oh <laughs> uh well brian we're about to wrap this up so let the listeners how they can get a hold of you and charlotte wolves uh if they're listening and would like to join you at a meetup certainly so you can find me on facebook more often than not uh so 
on Facebook, it's just Brian Donnelly, D-O-N-L-E-Y, uh, in part of Charlotte Wolves FC Facebook group. Um, I'm on the Wolves USA feed fair amount. So you can just hit me up anywhere there. On Twitter, it's Brian Donnelly8 in at Wolves Charlotte. Uh, we do, we try to meet up every, you know, probably three, four matches, probably two to three or three or four matches. Uh, we've been doing it a lot at Hooligans on Elizabeth Ave, which very conveniently for me is like half a mile from my house. And our nice. city is kind of like Houston where it's pretty sprawly. So we have people who are like 20 miles in North and 20 miles South and they're willing to come to me, which is fantastic. <laughs> but it's a great place to catch a game. They have every single game on uh all the time and it's got a nice big open door so you can get the nice fresh air when it's nice out which is great uh, yeah so those places and if you don't mind uh, i'd like to plug one more quick thing i'll be doing a charity walk on may 14th uh called walk a mile which is to support safe alliance which is a uh shelter for or it is a domestic violence shelter so it's an organization that provides so shelter, support, and advocacy for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, and I will be walking a mile in about four inch heels. Uh, That's to awesome. Raise money and awareness for their organization. Um, I'll be posting a link on my social about that, but I can send you the link, which is kind of a long URL, but it's walkamile dot swell dot give slash fundraisers slash brian dot donley or you can just go to safealliance.org and check it out from there um it's actually an or in a, a walk that they do all across the country uh ours is obviously focused on charlotte um, but there are various walks that are similar to it and it's a cause that my family and i feel really passionate about and want to support and it's been it's also a lot of fun so sure thing. Yeah. if you guys yeah, that's awesome. are inclined to include well, sure. that, so you would uh, appreciate it I'm guessing you would have given up your Panthers fandom if they would have traded for Watson based on that, right? <laughs> it would have been very problematic. Yes, that is that is very true. Um, that was actually a conversation my wife and I having a lot lately of if, if this happens, I don't, yeah, it wouldn't have been a good look. Um, yeah. look I'm not a huge Panthers fan. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying English football a lot more than American football. It helps that the Panthers are not very good. <laughs> Well, that's an awesome cause. Um, we'll be sure to post the link for that as well. So uh, that's that's great. Keep up the great work there. Thank you. I can send you some pictures too if you want from last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, the, we'll my wife share it. every year finds heels that are taller and taller and taller. And last year's they were a little too small, and it was a very <laughs> very long thirty minute walk to go through. Oh. And this year is going to be at a brewery called Noda Brewery, which also plug for them makes really good beer for charlotte fc called Pitchside pills but they are also a big supporter of the walk and over at that part of town the sidewalks are really like busted and uneven <laughs> so that mile long walk takes like 45 oh. minutes oh that's brutal and that brings this week's show to an end so please continue to do what you can in terms of liking subscribing and reviewing a whole lot of walls on the podcast platform you find yourself listening to us on right now so between games we are active on twitter we'll do a halftime space on twitter for most of those weekend games too we're also on facebook and a reminder for that email address it's hello at whole lot of walls.com so thanks to alex producing and we got ron firth in canada who helps us with our social media posts 
we're going to be back at the start of next week to preview a tasty little Midlands derby when the Villa come to town. So until then, up the Wolves. Oh, <laughs>